back like we never left. What's good with you, bro? Hope everybody's having a good week. This is the Three and D podcast. I am Drew, joined my by my boy, yeah, Wizzy Wayne. Yes, sir. How's your week going, man? It's going pretty good, man. Are you awake? Kind of. It's raining here in Texas, so we're trying to stay awake through the gloominess. Yeah, man. I need a nap. But there's a lot of exciting stuff that's going to keep us awake. Are right, happening then. around the NBA? Like what, bro? Oh, we're going to get into it right now. Let's go. Hey. All right. First things first. We have a pretty uh eye-opening stat line from the week from uh one of our younger players in the nba mr shy gilgis alexander alexander listen to this stat line this will kind of blow you away 20 points mm-hmm. 10 assists okay yeah yeah but wait for this one uh-huh 20 rebounds yo somebody been eating them wheaties bro <laughs> he's yes, been sir. on it yes he's been on it this was a surprising game um just came out of nowhere he's he's already been playing great okc's been playing great mm-hmm. but this uh stat line really really jumped out so um we we wanted to acknowledge him and and kind of ask the question too he he was talking to a reporter post game and he had some interesting comments that we want you guys to listen to right now shay your first career triple double but 20 rebounds what's going on with that um Honestly, BK uh, challenged me before the game. 20, 20, um, and 10? That's so tough, tough, bro. Trying to catch Russ, to be honest. Oh, my God. 20, 20, 20 next. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Trying to catch Russ next. He said it right out loud. Everybody could hear him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's alluding to last year when Russ uh, became one of the few players to have a 20, 20, 20 mm-hmm. triple-double. And my- was, that, was that game on the day that – not the day, but it was when Nipsey Hussle died? I think it was actually, yeah. yeah and it was, was like, like his, his ode to, to Nipsey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my question to you, Wayne, do you actually see Shy becoming even more of Mr. Thunder, maybe beyond Russ being Mr. Thunder and catching that 2020-20 stat line in the future? This guy's young. Do yeah. You see, do you see him catching that? Um, I mean, I guess I want to say yes, only because – He's so young that he can, if he's doing a 20-20-10 right now, I mean, there's no telling what he can do because there's a reason he got those numbers. I mean, you can talk about, you know, patent stats or you can talk about just his overall play, but he got those numbers for a reason. The dude can ball. And so I want to say yes only because, like, he literally doesn't look – it doesn't look like he has, like, a ceiling right now. Like, he can just do whatever the heck he wants. I feel like you have um, to have a pretty high usage rate in order yeah. to get a 20-20-20 line. Yeah. Which Russ, Russ <laughs> has was, a high usage yes, rate. he was everything for that team. Which I don't really hope for Shy. Like, I want him to be a team player, but I th- I do think he is capable of reaching that. If he's already reached a 20-20-10, yeah. I do think as his playmaking abilities become uh, just – uh, more tight as his career moves on. I don't think that's out of the question. If he's already getting twenty, twenty, ten, surely he can get a twenties across the board. Yeah, and I think it depends on what direction the Thunder decide to move in. Because uh, right now, he's got pieces around him, so he doesn't really have to do too much. Like he doesn't have to do everything like Russ had to do. Where Russ was literally, I got to rebound, I got to assist, I got to, pa- I got to do everything because like I'm the guy on this team. He doesn't really have to be the guy. Yeah. And so I guess whatever direction the Thunder decide to move in, like if they were like, okay, this guy can take us to new levels, he can take us to new heights, let's build around him, then he might be able to post that, you know, that 2020-20 at some point. 
in the near future. I think but what's then, amazing about this line though is that uh, he ha- has two other ball handlers around him. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder and Chris Paul, mm-hmm. who both on this team they they run this three guard lineup. So to me, it makes it even more surprising that he was actually able to come up with this line. But I think his teammates knew what was coming and they said go for it. So uh, another question and a lot of people have been talking about not a lot of people actually that's that's probably the discussion is that people aren't talking about this enough but really they had that game sealed and packed up they were ready to go. He was still in obviously trying to get mm-hmm. to those uh I, I, I can't remember if it was to towards the 20 rebounds or towards the 10 assists but he was obviously doing what a lot of people would call stat padding. So mm-hmm. my question to you, you know, this automatically has a negative connotation attached to it, stat yeah. padding. But my opinion on it, and I'll let you give yours, but my my thing is that if you have an opportunity to go for history, mm-hmm. like why why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you go for history? Like, why wouldn't you take those triple doubles or go for that 60-point game? And people even like to look back at the Devin Booker game where he went for 70 against the Celtics. They yeah. were losing, but they were fouling just so he could get to 70 points. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would frown upon that. But I don't know. I feel like if there's nothing wrong with liking personal accolades. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe the Devin Booker one is a little bit more in question because it was in a loss. Mm-hmm. However, this one was in a win. Like he did nothing that was going to jeopardize the team, uh, the team's success, and he's not going to do it moving forward. So I think there is certain boundaries for it, but I don't think all in all stat padding, if you want to call it that, is necessarily a bad thing. But what what do you think about it? Um, I, I I'm kind of in the same boat. For me, I take it back to when Russ was playing with OKC. And they would, they were obviously, obviously letting Russ get like rebounds. Stephen Adams, stuff. move out the way. Yeah, and they were like, you know, <laughs> just giving them rebounds, just letting them get all that stuff. And so then you're like, okay, he's trying to get the stats. But for me, if if I'm playing basketball and I know I'm about to reach history, kind of like um, what you were mentioning, and my teammates are in and they're like, you know what, dude, just go for it. I don't care. Yeah. Like if, if it would be different if I was stepping on the toes of my teammates trying right. to get the history and trying to get all that stuff but if my teammates are like dude you're this close go for it and they're with me fine and kind of what we were talking about earlier if you have a positive uh i guess like aura around you as a player like right now everybody likes shy because he's young and he's upcoming yeah but like if james harden were to do this everybody on Mm -hmm. twitter would be like oh stat padding you're just chasing stats blah blah blah." you know it's all about perception um and and people perceive this to be mm-hmm. nobody was talking about the stat padding but it was it was happening but i yeah. don't necessarily think it's a bad thing in his case at the end of the day it's going to be their names written down in the history books and not ours right so and nobody's going to look back and go yeah but i remember that game he kind of stat padded yeah no his name is in there written down and i'm sure there's plenty of other older players that did the same thing and we look at their numbers and we're like wow but i'm yeah. sure there was a few games where they mm-hmm. were kind of going like, let me get that extra rebound or that extra assist or that extra point, right? Yep. All right, so Wayne, I'm giving you the keys to a franchise today. Okay. Blank slate. Blank. You have three players to choose from to start your franchise and say, here are the keys, go. And here are your three options. Are you starting your franchise with Shy Gilgis Alexander, the guy we just spoke about? Mm-hmm. 
Trey Young, Ice Trey, second year playing with Atlanta, or Ja Morant, first year holding it down in Memphis. Who do you want to start your franchise with? Now, see, I thought this was going to be a clear-cut answer because all very exciting players, too. All very exciting players. Uh, my personal favorite out of the three is John Morant. I mean, he's already coming in his rookie season, and I was watching uh, The Jump, and I think it was Trace McGrady talking about John. He was like, the dude's a human highlight reel already He called as a rookie. He, he said he's going to be an MVP. He For ar- sure. He already called him that. For sure, and I can see it, too. Um, But on the flip side, I was leaning a little bit more towards Trey because he's he came to the league kind of the same thing. Him and Luka were going at it. They're still going at it. And they're, they've been putting up numbers since – they got in the league. It's and the been, reason we didn't, I didn't put Luca in here is because he's already in a league of his own. Like yeah. he doesn't even compare to these three, honestly. Yeah. So I was just like, leave him out. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave him be. He is yeah. already in his own uh, atmosphere yeah. over there in Dallas. Yeah. So it it was almost clear cut for me. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, man, I don't know. But if I'm gonna be realistic, and I'm like, you know, if you give me the keys to a franchise right now. And I need to start my franchise and be able to contend with the Lakers and the Clippers of the world. I'm going to lean more towards Trey Young, but that's just me. It was going to be Jaw, but I thought about it a little bit. And as as electric as Jaw is right now, Trey Young has already proven himself. And so I'm going to take what I've I'm going to take proven himself in what regard. Well, I mean, not proven himself as in like the well, his team is like the bottom of the barrel right now. But if you look at who he has around him. It's not really much. And even though John Morant is leading this team, what they're on like a seven-game win streak right now, and they're doing amazing things, Trey Young has proven to me that he can, I guess, be the guy that can take that team and not flip it around, but be able to use everyone around him. And so I'm going to – I mean, Jaw does the same thing, kind of, because he still wants to dunk on everybody, which I love. But Trey Young is more, like, technical. Yeah. And, yes, he can hit the three at a very high clip, but he can also move the ball and get other people involved. And so you don't really need the best team around Trey Young. Right. I mean, you don't need the worst team around Trey Young, which is kind of what he has right now. But you don't really necessarily need the greatest team around Trey Young for that team to shine. Out of these three, I think Trey Young has is the most established when it comes to um, getting buckets and being a playmaker. He's yeah. an extraordinary playmaker. Not that the other guys aren't. Mm-hmm. I just I think Trey Young has eclipsed them. At this moment in time, but he's also in his second year. Unlo- well, Shy's in his second year, but he's also getting more opportunities. Yeah. Other than being on the Clippers last year. Um, however, I'm gonna go with Shy. Ooh. Only because compared to Trey and Jaw, Jaw is like a wrecking ball. Yeah. And that's the only thing that worries me is he has to learn how to. Although, like seeing the highlights is amazing. At some point he has to learn how to discipline himself and slow down and play within the context of the game Mm -hmm. Uh, because we're already seeing it with like Russell Westbrook, how it doesn't always translate when you get older, you can still put up numbers, but you need to be able to adapt your game. And I'd like to see that from him first before I say, here's the keys. Um, And with Trey young, look, I love his playmaking. I love his shooting ability. But defensively, he is terrible. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's because of his size and his strength. I mean, that's the reality. And I think for the Hawks, they look at it and they go, his scoring ability and his playmaking is so good that we're willing to not look at that as much. Kind of like James Harden. Like, James Harden is horrible defensively, but he's an amazing scorer and playmaker. So we'll take that. 
Um, so if you're willing to take that, go for it. But I think the all-around game, the length, the uh, the ability to – I think Shai's actually taller than Trey and Jaw. Yes. I think he might be like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, which is a good size for a point guard. Um, I would choose him just because I know his strength is going to develop. He has length defensively, and his scoring has already kind of sh- come to shape even more this year, even shooting the three ball, which was uh, kind of a question coming out of college and being with the Clippers. Uh, but he's really shown that this year, and I think just get – him him having the keys i would i would trust him plus he's got like this calm demeanor about him mm-hmm. like trey and ja are kind of flashy and shy is just like i'm gonna go about my business get things done yeah i'm gonna know? give him my 2020 10 and yeah too yeah and he's and he's showing that uh he can play with other great players too which is important yeah um so yeah i'm, I'm gonna roll with with shy uh shay shy i don't know i'm just gonna go shy shy yeah all right that leads in to us actually talking about one of those three guys. They're all kind of popular in today's segment. But Ja Morant. Yes, sir. Whew, putting in the work <laughs> on my Rockets, yeah. which is not my favorite part about this segment. But, the y'all, the highlight reel is unreal. Highlight reel mm-hmm. is unreal. I'll just say it that way. This man put in 26 points on 10 of 11 shooting against the Rockets the other night and the arena was electric with what with what he was able to do and making some amazing uh uh play he has some amazing playmaking ability too which we talked about him being kind of reckless in a way like a wrecking ball mm-hmm. uh, just kind of barreling his way down but he's smooth too he's showing that he's smooth and he can get buckets what yes. what did you think about this game from him um i like the fact that he's not afraid like we said earlier i I said earlier, um, he likes to dunk on people. Yeah, like it doesn't matter who's in the paint, he w- he wants to rise up, and you gotta make sure that you contest and get that ball blocked. Because if you don't, it's probably going in. Right. And so I like the fact that he's going in the paint. He's attacking Clint Capella. He's attacking whoever's down there, and he's not scared. And as a point guard, you can't really be scared to do things like that. You got to be able to attack. And so I like the fact that he was just like, you know what, I'm going in the paint. Whoever's there can get the work. He also works really well with um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Like that little combo right there. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. We're watching it yeah. right now. Yeah. The one where he is driving down the lane behind his back and just flips it back to Jaron when Jaron slams it down. Those two, Jaron and uh, Ja, they work really well together, which is really pr- uh, a good sign for the Grizzlies that the fact that those two are young. Like Jonas plays great, but he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. You want to see your other big in Jaron Jackson who they call Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, Triple uh, that's J. That's kind of a cool name, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, but you want to see those two kind of playing great together because it's it's promising for your future. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing I noticed from this game, not only does Ja have great play, but you can already tell he is an elite competitor. Like, he is not afraid to talk. Yeah. Like, he uh, – what's his name? James Harden backed off of him on a three, and he's yes. rolling back. And I think he said something. I can't again. I can't read lips. He super said. Well. He said. He said. I'm. What did he say? He said. I'm the guy, or I'm here. And then he turned and said, "Tell that mother about me." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay." Basically, I'm here. Yeah. And I'm here to stay. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, and the, the, there was one play too in particular where. 
he was, you know, it's late in the fourth, around under three minutes left, and he's got James Harden again, and he gives them work on this step back and loses James Harden and just, wow, just he knows he's here to stay. Yes. Like, he knows he's given the work. Another cool thing that actually happened last night against the Cavs, um, which I know is not as great of a uh, a matchup, but a win is still a win. They've won seven in a row, which mm-hmm. is really noteworthy, noteworthy. They're playing great, and I honestly, I'd love to see them in the playoffs. Fantastico. Um, but his old college, Murray State, yeah, a ton of fans came out and filled up the the uh, the stadium, and I was yeah. like, man, this dude has got an entourage with him, mm-hmm. like, and and a big one at that. So it was really yeah, cool to see. He put on a show. Oh yeah, he, put, he, and you know, last night he only had like what sixteen points, but he's still making but, the highlight yeah. reel every single night. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but they've been playing really great as of recently. When when they had the grit and grind days for the. Grizzlies when it was like, you know, Mark Gasol, Mike Connolly, Tony Allen, those guys. They were good, but I was never like excited to watch them. Because it was defense. It was defense and it was bang down low with like Zach Randolph and, yeah. and Mark Gasol. This team, I'm like, I wanna I want to watch them. Mm-hmm. Like I want to tune in. I don't care if they're playing the Cavs, the Hornets, the Bulls. I want to tune in and watch these guys go to work. Because even a guy like Dylan Brooks has been putting a lot Dylan of work as Brooks as a, as a uh, just a a guard who is able to score the ball and score it well. He's been from U of H. Is he from U of H? Yeah. No way. Yeah, Dylan Brooks from U of H. I'm fact checking that right now. Fact check me, dog. Fact checking that right now. And then slide over my my where turkey sub. Did from Subway. Where did Dylan Brooks go to college? I honestly don't know if you're right on this one. We'll see. I don't even know if I'm right either, but I'm going to sound confident. <laughs> you went to Oregon. <laughs> That's what it was. Oregon. My bad. That is not U of H one. <laughs> no. The kid from U of H is not on the Grizzlies. He's on another team. My bad. That's okay. Good fact check. Oregon's my team. That's why. The thing is. I rock with Oregon. Dylan Brooks has been playing great. And Dylan Brooks the, is a baller. The Grizzlies play as of recently um, is really, we talk about jaw a lot, but Dylan Brooks has been scoring the ball at a really high clip, so. Grizzlies are playing some some great ball as of recently, so respect. Shout out to them. Oh, I remember the dude from U of H. I don't know his name, but I see his face. I know, I know who exactly. You're talking about. He's, I, know I think exactly. he's in the Rockets G League. Yeah, but I forgot his name. I also yeah. had a class with him. Wow, I did. He never showed up to class. <laughs> I will say <laughs> he that was, he was on the roster, just didn't show up. <laughs> Which hey, if you can make it at, even to the G League, you know you're probably doing something right. Uh-huh. All right, uh, Zion fell asleep on the bench this week. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't remember which game it was, but we were talking about it earlier, Wayne. It was a close game. Yeah. Not a lot of time left in the fourth, and you and the camera pans over, and Zion is literally, like, fighting to keep his eyes open. That was crazy. Jet man. lag? I don't know. Boredom? How, did you, how could you be bored? Your team's up three. Your team's up three, and... It's a close game. Like I feel, especially if you're the star player, you need to like be standing up and supporting them. Yeah. Anyways, he was falling asleep, so I was like, oh, oh, "Okay, I guess. All right. I guess he's bored." But I think he woke up after he found out he was going to be coming back mm-hmm. next week, y'all. Zion making his return. I guess yeah. not even really a return because you can't really count preseason. Making his entrance debut and in- debut into the real NBA yeah. regular season debut. 
against your San Antonio Spurs. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we get to be the guinea pigs. You know what's funny about this? The game, but the Pelicans next week, before they face the Spurs, guess who they play before the Spurs? The Rockets? No. The Grizzlies. Oh. <laughs> so Zion uh, dodged. Zion dodged playing a really good Memphis team and the number two pick when he was the number one pick. Think about that. Man. That would have been fun. That would have been dope. But I think he was trying to dodge that one, honestly. Yeah, he was like, I'll play the Spurs. He was like, I want to be really good when I matched up with Ja, so give me some time to get some reps. Yeah. Let me get it against the Spurs. I need to get my minutes up, you know? Yeah, which they they didn't have have this as a nationally televised game, but now it is. It's on ESPN now. Cool. That quick. Boom. Cool. That's going to be so dope watching my team get schmaggedy schmacked. <laughs> we'll see. Spurs have been playing good. You downplay them. I they downplay have them. been playing better. Okay? I only downplay them because I want them to be at the level in which I see them, <laughs> which is not where they're at right now. Another great uh, – we talk about Zion, but the Zions without the – I'm sorry, the Pel- the Zions. <laughs> <laughs> the Pelicans without Zion have been playing great recently too. Um, what an exciting game versus the Jazz uh, the other night where Brandon Ingram, wow, Brandon Ingram put up 49 points. Donovan Mitchell put up 46 points. Both of these guys had career highs in this game, and this game went down to the wire. But um, I just love to see the fact that there are young players that are on the rise in this game, and Mm -hmm. we're not only talking about Kawhi and we're not only talking about LeBron or James Harden like there are players on the come up and these two guys right here are some of the elite right now and the thing I love about this Brandon Ingram game everybody will talk about the 49 points of course which is amazing and it's an amazing feature to accomplish but also Brandon Ingram was a really good playmaker in this game too with Derek Favors uh, in the pick and roll game, he was able to uh, really find Derek Favors in some really hard spots to find him, where he was having these pinpoint passes, and I think that's something in his game that's a little bit um, more underrated. Like again, everybody loves to look at the scoring, but he was finding uh, Derek Favors down the stretch, and then you know Donovan Mitchell too in this game was spectacular as well uh down the stretch just hitting three after three after three in people's faces but what did what did you think about this game and kind of how it played out this this game really how can i say this you know how people uh you see things going on in the world and you're like oh that was so nice of them to do something for somebody else you know faith and humanity restored you know this right here restores my faith that the nba is still one of the greatest leagues period and it and the future is so bright as long as guys like the guys like this are doing things like this that's right and so people are talking about oh the nba you know it's soft it's going down you know the ratings are down all that stuff cool as long as we get talent like this coming in players like this who want to you know ball out drop 49 drop 46 duel to the last buzzer yes literally i'm good man i'm chilling and you say duel to the last buzzer i mean Again, we're watching the highlights now. Donovan Mitchell's just hitting bucket after bucket. And yeah. he's really the one that, I guess, goes unsaid in this game because Brandon Ingram had such a great game. But this Donovan Mitchell was putting in the work on each of the Pelican defenders mm-hmm. uh, down the stretch. But kind of when this game gets around under two minutes is really when Brandon Ingram is able to take over 
and the, kind of the shot that was seen around every social site uh, on this night was when Brandon Ingram was able to pull up uh, around the corner um, with around five seconds left. He He's coming around the corner, corner and on Royce O'Neal pulls up and just nails it with 0.2 seconds left on the clock. Looks almost like the Kawhi shot from the playoffs. Almost looks like the Kawhi shot. Unfortunately, we couldn't end on this positive note for the Pelicans because the refs at the end of this end of this game with 0.2 seconds, the Jazz come back down to their half court, and obviously with 0.2 seconds, you want to throw it to your big man for a lob if if possible. Yep. So they throw it in. Oh, Zion's awake on on the sidelines for this one. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, these highlights are kind of skipping past what. Uh, we actually wanted to talk about, but they, they throw it in and Rudy Gobert is apparently fouled by Jackson Hayes, one of the Pelicans rookies. And when they bring out the ref's report after the game, they say it is, it was actually a foul and they were right. Mm -hmm. However, this is never, ever, 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 ever called. And they called it, which was kind of disappointing that that, and he went to the line and he had a chance to win the game. Yeah. He missed one, so that tied it, which is what brought them to overtime, and then the Pelicans win. But it would have been nice to end on that Brandon Ingram shot and just call it, call yeah. it a game. Call it a game. But the refs, the refs pick and choose. I almost compare it to um, in the NFL uh, when the Bills and the Texans were facing each other. And the Bills kicked off to the Texans. And when you catch the ball, yeah, 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 when you catch the ball, almost around the whole league, if you kind of just like wave to the refs, like, hey, I'm, even though I'm not kneeling, like I'm letting you know I'm not going to run the ball, most refs allow that. Mm -hmm. But for some reason in this playoff series, they do that. And he tosses the ref the ball, and the ref like moves out of the way, and the Bills pick it up to score. And it's like, why then? Yeah. And of course, they came back together and decided. Obviously, that was a bad call. We usually let this happen all the time. But mm-hmm. same with the NBA. You have to let some things go, especially in the regular season. Like You can, you have to be consistent. That's what yeah. everybody always says. If you're going to be a ref and you're going to make bad calls, fine. Just let it be consistent. And mm-hmm. it just it wasn't in this game. So I'm, I'm glad the Pelicans won, uh, but that almost ruined the game. Yeah, uh, for sure. Another noteworthy thing is that the Pelicans snapped the Jazz 10-game win streak, uh, which the Jazz were on fire, and they truly could have won this game. But um, very impressive of the Pelicans to come out and and win uh, this game in New Orleans, knowing also that Zion's coming back. And Lonzo Ball is not looking like a slouch either. No, he's he's changed that shot. Yeah. And it's it's showing and it's it's working. He's he's corrected that form and it's and it's finally finally showing. So I'm I'm happy for him. I don't Howdy think dog. he's ever going to be a star, mm. but I think he's going to be a formidable, either starting or backup point guard in this league. And yeah. I think that's that's important. Uh, teams want that. They really want that. Kyrie Irving uh, came back last Sunday, Wayne, against the Atlanta Hawks, the worst team in the NBA. See, si, senor. I don't even. They didn't even Trey Young was not even playing in this game. So no. a great game to come back on if you're Kyrie Irving, which he had an amazing game, shot ten for eleven, and got the victory. And there was a good vibe around the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, they won the previous two without Kyrie. So I think a 
around a three-game winning streak. You're feeling good. You're at the bottom of the East, and you get your star player back. Unfortunately, it did not um, carry on as Kyrie had some very interesting comments after a loss this week. It's transparent. It's just out there. You know, it's glaring in terms of the pieces that we need in order for us to be at that next level. And I'm going to continue to reiterate it. You know, we're going to do the best with the guys that we have within our locker room now. And, you know, we worry about all the other stuff in terms of moving pieces and everything else as an organization uh, down the line in the summer. And, uh, you know, it's just something that we signed up for. We knew what we were coming into in the beginning of the season. Guys are going down left and right for us. You know, GT's out. DJ, um, you know, got hurt tonight. Um, you know, Wilson's just coming back. And then we have complimentary, um, you know, young guys as well that have done a great job for the last three years. So collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but obviously it's pretty glaring that we need, you know, one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DJ, GT, Spence, Karrison. You know, we'll see how that evolves. <sighs> Good old Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew. <laughs> this is in January, mind you. Yeah. January. It's literally the middle of the season, and he's talk he's – talking about moving pieces mm -hmm. what were your thoughts on Kyrie coming out in this way because he's known to make these sort of comments so yeah where are you at in terms of what he was trying to say because I want to make something very apparent to you mm -hmm. I feel like Kyrie's trying to play chess right here because mm -hmm. when he was mentioning players he goes we need you know two more pieces that will complement myself Katie DeAndre Jordan Garrett Temple Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and we'll see how that evolves. He left out guys like Joe Harris, Joe Harris, Jared Allen, who are two young guys that have been a part of this core for the past couple of years. So mm -hmm. I wonder if those two guys are like, uh, should I be fearful of my place on this team? Yeah. Or maybe we're looking too much into it. And he literally was just naming the people off the top of his head. But yeah. I want to know your thoughts on how all this kind of transpired. Um, Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie and the media aren't my favorite. Um, Kyrie sometimes says too much. It's like one of those people where you, you give them too much information and then when they start talking to people, they start, you know, like not even thinking they'll just, you know, say something and it just slips out and you're like, okay, but you could have kept that to yourself. Right. Um, like you said, it's January. We're not even at the all-star weekend yet. We're chilling. We're comfortable. Why are you talking about one or two more pieces being added to your team? We already know y'all really aren't really going anywhere without Kevin Durant. So there's your one piece right there. You haven't As played leader, with him. Why not just say, like, I understand where we're at, and we're, we're doing great with where we're at now, and I'm really loving this team. Yeah, like I'm proud of the guys we got around us. We're, we're just competing. say stuff that's smart. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> – it almost sounds like he – is because he played with LeBron so much that it almost sounds as though some of that stuff is kind of rubbing off on him and he's just taking it up. Because LeBron knows how to play chess. LeBron is ultimate chess master when it comes to all that moving pieces and stuff. That's why if you play on LeBron's team, just know your spot ain't guaranteed. <laughs> it ain't guaranteed no matter right. who you are unless you're like Anthony Davis. His spot's guaranteed. Right. But with with Kyrie, it's kind of like he's doing that same thing where I know you know I know how I play. And I know the people on this team that compliment my style of play. And if you don't compliment me, then you might be out the door. And I'm going to let you know because I'm going to talk to the media about it. Right. And, and so it almost paints this picture of like, does Kyrie think that he runs the organization already? He talks like it. 
He talks like it. He definitely, he definitely talks like it. And for me, I just feel like when they had like D'Angelo Russell last year and just had like a good vibe around their team, like Mm -hmm. the, the Nets were just fun, not because they were amazing, but they knew that they were up and coming. They moved the ball. They shot threes. They had those crazy sideline dances every time someone would make a shot. Yep. There was a good vibe around the team. And they were, I don't know where they ended up in the ranks, but they were, you know, bottom of the East, still made it to the playoffs. Kyrie's talking about what pieces needs to be moved. He's apparently, he's a champion, a multiple-time All-Star, and talking about how they need to get better. Dude, you should have a better record if you have all those accolades and hold yourself to that prestige. Mm Mm-hmm. So why are you why are you making it out like you can't like if you're that great of a player you can do something with this why not do something with this team like we know you've been out for a while we know you've had the shoulder injury and 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 stuff that you can't plan for but also as a leader you have to show up in your play also I want to note this too the night he said these comments he went 6 for 21 shooting ouch so it's like, do you only decide to bring these comments up when you go bad to point the attention away from your play? Yeah. That's my only thing. And then he wants to get mad at the media. Mm-hmm. At, like, he, he he's had follow-up comments about it and how, you know, the media is going to say what they want, blah, blah, blah. Dude, if you would just say good things, the media wouldn't have to say anything about you. Yes. Just Th- say less. Think about how much people, the media loves guys like LeBron and Giannis because they know how to conduct themselves. Mm-hmm. So just conduct yourself as a leader. But I don't think at this point in his career that's going to happen. It's just, it is what it is. Just take a page out of Popovich's um, playbook and just use as little words as possible to talk to the media, especially when you don't want to talk to them. In other words, shut up. (laughs) Wayne, I know that for me personally, and I don't know if you have something for this, but, you know, when, when we were looking at some of the games last night, I thought of, you know, I guess what I'm referring to is when Tristan Thompson was playing, uh, the Cavs were playing the Memphis Grizzlies, Mm -hmm. and Tristan Thompson is at the free throw line. (laughs) And I guess Jay Crowder is getting subbed out. Fair enough. And Tristan Thompson and Jay Crowder used to be teammates. Yeah. Jay Crowder's on the Cavs. You know, brotherhood, all that good stuff. So in good-natured fun... Jay Crowder is walking out past Tristan Thompson between free throws. And Tristan Thompson just gives a nice butt smack. Jay Crowder points at him. He's like, hey, hey, look, what's happening? Refs, are you going to see that? And eventually, Jay Crowder, also playing chess here, he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. He goes, hey, you can't, you can't touch me like that. Even though Tristan Thompson, just playing around, right? Yeah. Tristan Thompson gets ejected. Mm-hmm. Also, another situation... DeAndre Bembry playing the Spurs. <laughs> DeAndre Bembry, who is on the Atlanta Hawks. Another free throw line situation where DeAndre Bembry decides, you know what? I am going to fake, pump fake this free throw, make everybody jump. And all the Spurs players are like, you can't do that. You can't pump fake. The ref's saying the same thing. He's dismayed. He's like, what's going on? You know what you did. But Turn look, over. look at when he does it and he looks at Pirtle on the Spurs, thinking like he kind of got him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the way he looked at Pirtle was like, oh, got you. What are you doing? False start. But what's funny <laughs> is it turns against him. Yeah. And it's like, well, that shot doesn't count because you can't 
pump fake a free throw, so it's going back to Spurs' way. Yeah. Both of these situations brought up the fact that I believe sometimes in life, Wayne, there are situations where playing around kind of backfires, right? Yes. So I thought, what was a time in my life where I was playing around and it backfired? And there were, let me just say, there were many situations. <laughs> but just to, to give a simple one, and, and maybe you listeners out there can think of one for yourself too, but I thought of when, when I was younger, maybe in middle school, and you know when you were in school and you would come downstairs, you didn't want to go to school, mm-hmm. and you go to your mom and you're like, oh, Mom, <coughs> I don't feel very good. And of course, you feel fine. You just don't want to go to school. So you think, you know, maybe your mom might fall for that. Hey, maybe some of y'all's moms, they they already got you figured out. That was never going to work with them. Yeah. Uh, this day in particular, my mom happened to fall for it. She's like, you know what? Your stomach hurts. You can stay home. Mm-hmm. So I walk away and I'm like, yes, Lord, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, cool. I'm chilling in my PJs still about to watch my shows. I'm in middle school, maybe. I go to use the restroom, and I end up throwing up. <laughs> and it was the greatest form of karma that I think God used against me in that moment. Yeah. And it was a time where I was like, I was I was playing around, obviously. Worked in my favor, but then did not, because then I actually got sick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, I can sympathize with DeAndre Bembry. I can sympathize with Tristan Thompson. I don't know if you have any situations. At I actually all. do have a situation. Okay, let let us know. <laughs> Cuz I it? I had some time to think. And this goes back to my middle school days where I used to ride the bus to school. I used to live in this apartment complex. And me and my friend, I forgot his name, but we used to play around like outside waiting for the bus. And so we're playing around and the bus shows up. But we're like kind of in the grass, kind of far away from where the bus actually stops by the back gate. And so we're just playing around, like throwing around like a pine cone or something like that. And we pick up our backpacks to go to the bus and it takes off. And I was just like, wait, what? And so I looked at my friend. I was like, okay, well, what do we do now? Like we were playing. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And he was like, dude, we got to get to school. So I just call your mom. So I call my mom and I was like, mom, you're not going to believe this. But we uh, we missed the bus. To we school. were outside playing pine cone, and you know. And my thing was like we were right there, like we, the bus driver could see us. But we were playing around, you know, not by the bus stop, kind of you know a ways down, and we just got left. And so I called my mom, and it was the most like frustrated she had ever sounded in her entire life because she was already at work. She had to leave work, come pick both of us up, control her emotions because my friend is in the car and it's not just me. Then drop us off. Remembered it the whole day. I get home from oh, school. She gave you the work. And I got pieced up to the Lord, man. Like, I was <laughs> I was so done. But another instance of me playing around, we just missed the bus. and Ever since that point, you never played pine cone again. Nope, never. I don't even <laughs> like pine cones anymore, dude. If you throw a pine cone at me, bro, I'm holy water, man. Holy water. Oh, man. Hated it. There's a bunch of situations that I can think of when I was in school that I was just like, man, what an idiot kid I was. Yeah, now that I think about it, like my senior year, I was dumb. Just did a lot of dumb. I was dumb things. and pudgy. <laughs> yeah, so was I. Yeah, I was. I was pudgy. I was like, and I didn't have like facial hair or anything, <laughs> so nothing was working in my favor. Like I can be pudgy now, and it kind of I can kind of get away with it. Yeah. Back then, it was like. 
boy, you just look like a <laughs> a larger Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> so I'm glad those days are over. Uh, thank you. Looking like some vanilla thank pudding you, puberty. over there. Thank you, marriage. I don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to try anymore. I don't have to try anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Cameron, don't <laughs> listen to that. I still try for you, babe. <laughs> Shout out. Oh, my goodness. All right. Clay Thompson has made some comments recently that he um, feels good and is not really ruling out a return to the Warriors this season. The Warriors obviously at the bottom of the West this year, given all the injuries. And also Steph Curry's hand is back to the way it needs to be. And we've heard some rumblings that he could also come back soon. So, Wayne, yeah. should Clay Thompson and Steph Curry come back into the lineup for the rest of the year? Personally, I don't think so. And only because I don't want to risk re-injury that could make it even worse. Because next season, they could be poised to be that Warriors team again that everybody hated. <laughs> yeah, with Giannis playing PUBG. Anyway, <laughs> um, they could be that team again, back to the you know Warriors-owned NBA type thing. Um, so... I would say they just need to rest, coach up these young guys, you know, in practice or whatever, and get them ready because next season they're going to be at full capacity, full blast, and these young dudes need more playing time to be able to get ready and to be able to play with Steph and Clay and whoever else they bring in in free agency or whatever or, who you know, trade. I don't care. But Draymond's out there, though. Draymond is out there, yeah. Did you hear what those, Charles Barkley said about him the, the other single, night? The, the triple single? <laughs> triple single. With the shooters he has around him now, he's getting those triple singles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Well, okay, let me let me give you two spins on this maybe. Okay. Obviously, the Warriors and the Pelicans, they didn't know all these injuries were going to happen to their team. Mm-hmm. They're a part of all these national media games, you know, ESPN, TNT, everything. So you turn on the TV and – the way the Warriors are currently constructed, given all their injuries and, you know, all these players that just kind of came up from the woodwork. And you see Warriors versus Lakers. Wouldn't you much rather see LeBron and AD facing Steph and Clay, even if you know there's no chance of them getting to the playoffs, just from a fan entertainment perspective? Yeah. I mean, I guess. But at the same Especially time. given all the history between them and LeBron. Yeah. I, I mean, in that regard, yeah, I would love to see what that. If, eh, okay, I even got, I got two more, not just one more. Oh, Keep God going. dang. Okay. Sorry. I mean, I would love to see that, but I mean, I'm thinking that I'm thinking of it from a player perspective, and do I really want to go out there, and and even though my team isn't going anywhere, and we know we're going to be at the bottom of the West, do I really need to go back out there just to you know give the fans what they want, give okay. the people Se- what they second want? Second spin. Second spin. All right, go ahead. Oh, I'm spinning this turntable, baby. It's happening. <laughs> DJ Drew. They're not that far off from the eighth spot. Oh. If they if they made the eighth spot, face the Lakers in the first round, full strength. If you if there is a possibility of that, do you go for it? Okay, if there's a possibility of us making the playoffs, then I would say I would be more inclined to say yes. Think about the fear that would be in in LeBron if that was the case. And because Steph and Clay have been gone for so long, you're not used to playing against them. You went a whole season without having to play against them. And then all of a sudden, oh, we got to push? 
and we are like one game away from getting the eighth seed, and then whatever teams in the eighth seed loses and we need to win to get in, and you plop Steph and Clay in, they win and they're in, then I'm like, okay, they're not used to playing against Steph and Clay like they used to because you literally had to go through a whole season without them. And now at the very end, you get to plug and play Steph and Clay. Bars, first of all. <laughs> speaking, Second. speaking of bars, last spin. Last spin, go ahead. Don't you kind of want to see, if you're the Warriors, how Dre, Steph, Clay, and D'Lo work together? From an experimental standpoint, because you could either say, wow, this really works well, or we don't want to step into next season before actually taking a look at this. That way we set ourselves up in the summer to go, maybe we should move D'Lo to another team and find another piece that would be more complimentary to us. This is true. And I guess that would work. But then again, I'm all about injuries. And we've seen a lot from Steph, especially in his ankles. And Clay's coming off of an ACL injury. And those are never easy. And so I don't want to put them out there in harm's way unless I know I'm unless I know it's for like the long run. I understand, you know, wanting to see how people work together and stuff like that, which is cool and that's fine. If you if you know you're playing a team like Atlanta or something who, you know, they're not really making much noise anyway, then sure, go ahead and plug them in there. But I'm not going to do that against teams that will bring the best out of my players, especially when I haven't seen where you're at since your injury. Fair enough. I say bring them back. (laughs) (laughs) Purely from an entertainment perspective, I want to see them. I want to be entertained. Yes. Are you not entertained? Since KD is gone, like, I, I, I can like the Warriors. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know you yeah. feel different because you told me like you enjoyed that seventy three one team. Oh yes. Wait, they didn't have KD on the seventy. No, they didn't. Right. They had, the, that that's, was so. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I can respect that team because that team was built like from the groundwork, like yeah. from the dirt. But anyways, I, I I think they should come back just to just to entertain me. Do it, guys. Please. Just kidding. All right, we're starting a new segment that we're trying to do every single week. We're starting it uh, today. It's called "What's the Status?" Yes, sir. Play on words there. We're talking about stats, baby. What's the status? Me and Wayne give our best and our worst stat line of the week. So, Wayne, I want to start with you. Give me your worst and your best stat line from this week's NBA. Okay. Now, I picked my worst and best stat lines based on how they made me feel inside. Okay. And the numbers, of course. sentimental of you. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, so I guess I'll start. We'll go from from worst to best. Okay. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I'll go from best to worst because we already talked about my best stat line. Um, my best stat line is going to Kyrie Irving in his first game back, um, going ten for eleven. Where is it? Ten for eleven. Uh, one three pointer made, four rebounds, three assists, twenty one points. Do, okay, real quick before we keep going. Sure. Do you know what the PF stands for in uh, the stats? Personal fouls. Personal fouls. Okay, cool. I was sitting there. I was like, what the heck is a PF? <laughs> Anyway, I was like, power it's forward? Like, he don't play power like, forward. Like, what? Six, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, he fouled out. <laughs> um, anyway, okay, continuing. And I put this one on there because, I mean, I said it from the jump. From the very first podcast episode we gave our, like, Eastern Conference, whatever, Kyrie is my – like, on the court, I love watching Kyrie play. And so I was watching this game, or a little bit of it, and just watching Kyrie come back after being gone for so long, still looking like – 
Uncle Drew, still looking like he didn't miss a step, still putting up the crazy layups and hitting the threes and stopping on the dot. Like he was still like it. It looked like he looked good. It looked like he he'd been playing this whole time, and so I was just like, dude, come on! And you went ten for eleven. You only missed one shot the whole game. Plus a W. Given against the worst team, doesn't matter. It's still a W. And Trey Young wasn't playing. Cool, whatever. Kyrie looked really good in that game. We don't have to mention any of the stuff that happened with Kyrie after this point. We just have to look at this game. (laughs) Just look at this game, please. (laughs) Because after this, he went a little crazy. How about your uh, your worst stat line of the of the week? So my worst stat line comes from the the Rockets versus the Thunder game, where the Thunder won one thirteen to ninety two, where. Russell Westbrook went off for 34 points looked against good. his old team, looked very good, but James Harden did not. Mm. James Harden, a smooth 5 for 17, 2 for 9 from 3, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 personal fouls, and 17 total points. And the reason I put this one on what here. What game was this? This was OKC versus okay. Houston. Got it, got it. Yeah, where, um, who was it, Chris Paul nutmegged. Oh, uh, my goodness. <laughs> Yo, dude, that night, I don't care how good of a game Russell Westbrook had, <laughs> it made me miss Chris Paul. <laughs> and he said, bro, just put me, take me off, coach. Soak me out. Come on. I'm doing too much out here. But, yeah, um, I put this one on here because I love James Harden, the most unguardable player in the NBA, period, end of discussion. Nobody, don't debate me, please. Um, He looked like a sloth. He looked like, I don't. Maybe the sloth isn't the word. Sluggish? He look, yes, he looks sluggish. There's the Shout word. out to Beeline. <laughs> John Beeline, if you're listening, bro, we love you, but hey, you got to work Not on Not really. Your, I don't love you that You got to work on your pronunciation, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, just work on just being all there when you're talking to your players. Anyway, continuing. Um, I put this on here because James Harden, this is a big game. At least for Russ, it was. And kind of James, you know, playing against his old team that he came from. But he's a little more far removed from the Thunder. Yeah. This is a little bit more fresh for Russell Westbrook. And it seemed like Russell Westbrook in this game was having to play like he did when he was playing with the Thunder. Where he had to do everything. Or at least he tried to do everything. And I'm like, watching the game from, like, as as a viewer, it looked as though Russ was channeling his thunder days where he literally had to rebound assist score do all the play defense steal block and the team that he has now is a whole lot better than the team he had back in okc but he still looked like he did back in okc which is why i put this one on here because james harden you're the most unguardable player in the league you got russell westbrook on your team you got clint capella who you have rapport with pj tucker you got rapport with daniel house jr you got rapport with um why are you only going off for 17 points in a big game that means a lot to your homie Russ? So I put this one on here mainly because he could have done more, at least to like, at least made it closer. They didn't really look well as a team, to be honest with you. I'm actually going to this rematch, this game on Monday. Oh, I'm going to the game. Yeah. Okay. They're facing OKC again, so I'm hopeful that um, that doesn't happen again. <laughs> it just might though. Wayne, I have to say, I am ready to top you for worst. My worst stat line. Someone did worse? Yes. Guess who? Uh, Alexi Chavette. No. Okay. James Harden did worse than James Harden. <laughs> His last game was against Portland on Wednesday. Oh, snap. Listen to this. 13 points. 
eight rebounds, uh-huh. seven assists, uh-huh. three of 12 in 36 minutes. Ouch. It's so even worse than So yours. four points less. Got more rebounds. So, right. So in, in this game against OKC, in this game against the Trailblazers, two of his worst scoring nights. What's funny is the night before the 13-point game against the Trailblazers was against Memphis, where they lost, of course. Mm-hmm. But he put up like... Forty something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still shooting really bad. So yeah, he's he like he's in a slump shots. right now. And kind of how you mentioned him, just looking kind of like a sloth. Mm-hmm. His energy is not there. And I think after this Portland loss, Russell Westbrook kind of put together like a players only meeting. And Mike D'Antoni also talked to the team. So I'm hoping to see some good energy, some good vibes from this team moving forward. Because this is the time of the season when veteran teams really slow down. Just because it's right before All Star break, you know, you're kind of two or three months in. Mm-hmm. They're in a slump right now, and they need to find their way out. Possibly make a move too. I don't, I don't know how, but he needs to take the headband off. Okay, so, but hey, he went back to his mohawk fro. Okay, good. So I think he's, I think James Harden is superstitious because right after that game, yeah, went back to the uh, mohawk fro. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. my worst line of the week: thirteen points, eight rebounds, seven assists. My best, I have to give it to. Brandon Ingram. Yo. I got to give it to that 49 points, eight rebounds, six assists, and 41 minutes with the game winner to, to uh, launch them into overtime to eventually win the game. Yeah. No no doubt about it. I love watching him play. I hope he's an all-star this year. Yeah. I do. I hope he's an all-star. I, I believe he'll be there. I don't know if he'll be there just because the – I know there's like a stigma or like a – Players and coaches vote in the – the second half of this, not just fans. Yeah. So hopefully the coaches and the players recognize that. I think they will. I mean, Brandon Ingram has been balling out his mind over there, man. You got to give him some credit. One last thing we forgot, actually, Wayne, was me and you were going to predict our stat line for Zion Williamson in his return yes. next week facing the Spurs. So I want you to give me your prediction on his stat line. I heard there might be some sort of minutes restriction, maybe around 20 minutes. So give it to me. Zion Williamson is going to score every point for the Pelicans. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Um, so he's got a minutes restriction of like, I think you said 20 minutes or so, something like that. I'm speaking something. from thinner. I don't know if that's yeah. actually true, but I might have heard that. Okay. Um, that sounds like a I would imagine, minutes. Though. Yeah. Uh, I don't – see, here's the thing. If there's one thing I know Pop is good at, Pop is good at exposing young players and making them look like they're supposed to. And so I know he's he's already game planning for Zion because okay. that's a big game. He's already putting the pieces in motion. We've already called up players from our G League like um uh oh what are they? oh my god why am I blanking on their names because Samanich Samanich it's the guy we drafted this past draft. We called him up. We've called up um, some other guys that are really good, really talented. Mainly because Rudy Gay is sitting out or he's out for a little bit um, with an undisclosed injury. So undisclosed that sounds weird. Yeah. Another Kawhi He's injured, situation. but we don't want to let you know what it is. Yes. Yeah, another Kawhi situation. Yeah. So, how many points? I'm, I'm going to say Zion puts up. He's going to put up a smooth little 15-point game. Okay. I, I, I'll put him at 15 points. Rebounds. Um, I don't know because he's crazy. He can get up there. He's he a can, dog. Yeah, he, he is. It would be crazy if he posted a double-double in his first game back. I'll give him – you know what? I'll give him a double. I'll give him at least 10 rebounds. Okay. In his return. Any assist? Nah, I'm going to keep that low. Two assists. All right. Two assists. What – you said 15 points. What is he shooting from the field? I got to do math. Hold up. 
because he ain't hitting threes. I tell you that. How many made buckets versus how many attempts? He ain't gonna he ain't gonna hit a three. I say he's gonna go at least like oh for three from three. Um, he's not making any threes. Uh, I'll I'll give him. I'll give him like five for. I don't know five for eleven, from from the field, but zero for three from threes. Five for eleven. I'll give you that with some free throws in there. That's about it. I'm keeping this on the records because we <laughs> keeping this on the because we got a check next week. Okay, right? um, dude, we were so close, me and you. On we were on the stat line. We were really close. Oh, okay. I had 15 points, just like you. I had two assists, just like you, but I had eight rebounds. Eight rebounds. And I'm going to say he goes six for nine from the field. All those buckets are going to be from the inside. So that's uh, 12, 12 points. Yeah. And then I think he's going to get three free throws made in there. I don't think he's going to attempt any threes, actually. Um, so, yeah, we were very close. I have 15, 8, and 2. You have 15, 10, and 2. The reason I think he's going to attempt some threes is because Pop still hates the three. And he knows Zion first came back. He ain't gonna want to shoot at a high clip. So if you, I, I bet their game plan is if you see Zion on the three, let him shoot it. It's gonna be a fun game. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of energy in the building. I think it's at New Orleans. Yep. Smoothie King about to be popping. Yeah. It's about to be blending. Oh, 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 hold up, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> chill out, Drew. Chill out. <laughs> uh, I was not ready for that. That's good stuff. I'm. I know I'll be watching that game. I hope you'll you'll tune in as well. Well, hey. Thanks for joining us, guys. We appreciate you listening. Hopefully you feel updated on what's happening around the league. We want to remind you to follow us at 3ND underscore pod. Tell your friends, tell your husband, tell your wife, tell your coworkers, tell your pastor. Tell, tell your kids. Tell your kids. Yeah, they, they like basketball. Sure, right? yeah. yeah. Give it to us. We're a clean podcast. Yeah. Give it to them. <laughs> uh, anyways, we will see you guys on the next episode. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Mm-hmm.